is Angie Campbell. Well, that's what you can call me for today. I've actually uh, got quite a few different names. When I introduce myself in a formal setting, and often for the first time I might meet somebody, I say my name's Angela Campbell, because it feels a little bit more formal. When I get to know people over a little while, then I would say, my name's Angie, you can call me Angie. If people really get to know me, then I get the name Ange. And that's actually this territory of my husband. He's the main one that will call me Ange in my life. It seems to get shorter as I get more, more friendly, more known, more intimate than maybe one day I'll get to an A. But I go from Angie, Angela, Angie to Ange. But you know, I've had other names being called in my life. I even had Manji Angie. Can you imagine that? Manji Angie. That's not fair, is it? No. At school, I was nicknamed Manji. Now, you're not allowed to call me Manji Angie, okay? I've also been called Andrew before now. Andrew. I was about six or seven. We used to go and visit uh, my family over in Germany, and Uncle there was a real tease. And he used to say that my name was Andrew, my name wasn't Angie. And I was like, my name is not Andrew, it's Angie. And I'd stomp on the, feet of on the floor and he, he got me every single time. He wound me up, he knew what to do to wind me up. So I've even had Andrew. I don't know whether to uh, reveal this one or not. This is, yeah, you reckon I should? You reckon I should? Oh, the musicians are egging me on. For how many years I've kept this secret? For how many years in school, my initials were ADP at the time, I told everybody that the D stood for Diane because I did not want to admit what it stood for. My initials now are ADC, and I have to confess, my name is Angela Doris Campbell. Yes, let's hear it for all the Dorises. Oh, relief, relief, it's out, it's out there. I was named after my nan. My mum and dad could have chosen a better name, but they were honouring Manan. So yes, I am a Doris. There is another thing that I thought, do I confess this? Do I share this with you today? Because, uh, you know, I have to be fairly vulnerable to tell this story. But I thought, you know what? There may be people in this congregation who could identify with this. So I'm going to actually share this story with you. Picture this. You're a fairly young married couple, handsome husband fairly large church, lively congregation, lots of females around, lots of males around, lots of females that like to talk to my husband. Fair enough, he's a pastor. Some females seem to like to talk to my husband quite a lot. My little brain was going, hmm, that person seems to talk to my husband quite a bit and they seem to be having quite a laugh and a joke going on there little bit longer than I thought perhaps they should have been but I'll maybe not worry too much of course my husband what is that about oh no 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 problem nothing no you know it's just in your imagination I tell you I think that lady has got a thing for you and she's making a beeline no 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 it's all in your imagination well as time went on of course you don't do things like that do you make stories up in your mind. I don't mean about my, my husband, I mean maybe about <laughs> your husband. <laughs> but it got to the point that actually 
This lady was decided to move away. <clears throat> I won't say where from. She decided to move away. And I thought, oh, there you go. Problem solved. And a few weeks later, we got a card in the post. And this card was addressed to Steve. And how they'd loved the church and how it was wonderful to be part of the congregation. And a little side note at the end. Please do give my love to your, lo my love to your lovely wife, Lorraine. Lorraine? What do you mean, Lorraine? See, she didn't even know my name. Of course, she was making a play for you. So you can call me anything, but never call me a Lorraine, okay? Because <laughs> my name's not Lorraine. <laughs> she didn't even know my name. What does that say? Hmm, just saying. God's dealt with my paranoia right now. He's given me a taser machine, okay? So you've been warned. But, you know... <laughs> There's lots of names that I've been called, good ones and bad ones, but also I've found that there's lots of descriptions or titles that I've been given as I've gone on in life. I don't know whether you find that as well. Lots of kind of different roles that I play. And I thought I'd keep it positive and list you some of the things, perhaps share some of the nice ones of, that, of the roles I play. Wife, mother, teacher leader, sister, friend, counsellor, boss, mama. Sometimes I get called mummy as well. Sometimes pastor, sometimes senior pastor, sometimes pastor's wife. It's my favourite. <laughs> One I've been giving to myself recently, because nobody gave it to me, but I decided it was quite appropriate, is community pastor. When I sign up forms for people for grants, in the community because I'm a lot more involved in community projects going on. So I thought I'd make myself one up. Community pastor sounds about right. But you know, it really matters what perception we have of people and that we have of one another. The way, the perception you've got of me, the perception I've got of you will affect what you receive from me or what we receive from one another. Jesus says it in a certain way in a scripture that I'm going to come to in a minute. But don't you find, I found when I was growing up, my parents had a perception of people like doctors. They would have this grandiose perception that doctors had the final word on everything and knew everything. There was kind of this awe around them. They were almost like mini-gods to them. If the doctor said it, then that had to be true. Now, I don't want to be disrespectful in any way, but I find that Today, we have a different access to knowledge and access, a different access to understanding. We've got something called Google. And people do try and self-diagnose and self-medicate in some way. So there's almost like a different perception these days to doctors than there used to be. But it's really important what perception we give to people because what perception you have will determine what you receive from them. Jesus said, whoever welcomes a prophet as a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And if you welcome a righteous person as a righteous person, you will receive a righteous person's reward. And in this recent series that we've been looking at, we're looking at the descriptions and the statements of how Jesus described himself in order to change the perceptions around him. They needed to change People needed to understand who Jesus was. He was adding depth 
and understanding to who he was and what people needed to think about him. Last week, we thought, looked at the phrase, I am the light of the world, a light that's necessary for life, dispels darkness, guides us, brings revelation, and reveals what is hidden. Jesus uses, used the metaphor of light. It's a word picture. Jesus isn't literally a Belisha beacon. Maybe that shows my age, because Belisha beacons probably don't exist anymore. They used to be at zebra crossings, and they used to flash. He's not literally a light that flashes. It's a word picture. I like the fact that he's painting pictures with words, a word painting, if you like. And today we're going to have a look at another sentence, another statement that Jesus makes about himself, another word picture that he uses to describe himself. He says, I am the door. And we're going to look at that today. But I want to set a context for it. And in order to set the context, I want to read the scripture where that's come from in John 10. And in your notes, you should have a set of notes, teachings notes. If anybody's not got one, raise your hand and the guys will bring one for you. But I think they've been given out. Okay, I'm going to have a look at the first part of John chapter 10. I tell you the truth. The man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The man who enters by the gate is a shepherd of his sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When, when he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus was talking to the Pharisees here and describing himself as the shepherd of the sheep. I thought we would need a bit of an illustration here. So I'm going to ask my guys whether they can help me with an illustration that I have to paint a picture. I find if we can see something in the physical, it helps us to understand what's going on. While I was doing this study, I found out quite a few facts about sheep, and uh, I'll tell you about those in a minute. You may think that this looks like a plastic playpen, but you would be wrong, because this is a sheepfold, obviously. Just ignore the teddy bears, but Kids Church will benefit from it after I've finished with it. Thank you, guys. Wonderful job. Almost there. Hey. Get the toys for the sheep to play with. Perfect. Great. I learned some facts about sheep as I was kind of researching this. One thing is that I found out is sheep are really pretty stupid. They're really not very intelligent. They need somebody to follow. And if they don't have a shepherd to follow and they maybe follow another sheep, they'll even follow even if they're going into danger. And they'll fall off a cliff by following the other sheep that are going off falling pretty stupid if you think to me but the point is that they need someone to follow and actually when sheep are threatened in some way they don't go off and scatter they actually huddle together and make themselves even more vulnerable in some ways to attack but you know the most vulnerable sheep is a stray sheep the sheep that goes off with his own devices and actually comes out from the community that's the one that's the most vulnerable that's off on its own but Jesus said, I am the shepherd of the sheep. And here we have the wonderful penfold here. He said that 
If you, the, the sheep pen, you enter it by the gate. But anyone who doesn't enter by the gate, but climbs in it some other way, is a thief or a robber. So there are people who could come into the sheep pen some other way. But they're the ones who are up to no good, up to ill intent. But Jesus said, you need to enter by the gate. And the watchman, which the gatekeeper, who is referring to God the Father, is the one who actually opens the gate and the shepherd can then go in to the sheep. It says the sheep, the watchman opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. I didn't realize that sheep had names. You have this picture of Jesus standing there saying, Henry, time to go. Rhiannon, let's go off. Jen, time to move. This is the direction that we need to go. Come and follow me. Shouts the names and off they go out of the sheep pen. Amazing. Sheep have got names. He is the shepherd of the sheep. But you know, Jesus said in Matthew 12, how much more valuable is a person than a sheep? He was referring not just to literal sheep, but us as his sheep, that he is calling us to him. And you know, what struck me more than anything is that he knows our name. And when he calls us, we can hear his voice. He knows your name. He knows my name. And he calls us out. And he is a shepherd who will use the proper way in by using the gate rather than the ill intent. He was actually talking about the Pharisees in some way. He was trying to get them to understand who he was, that there was a thief and robbers coming in the wrong way, but the right way to go through is through the gate. Go on in scripture there, and it says, Jesus used this figure of speech, but they did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. So no longer the shepherd of the sheep, but I am the gate for the sheep. All who ever came before me were thieves and robbers. Who was around before Jesus? The Pharisees. But the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved or will be safe. He will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will have the freedom to come in and out, and he will find pasture. You know, Jesus says, I am the door. I am the proper way in. He said that thieves came in in a different way, but the true way is through me, through who I am. I've learned so many different things about doors, and we're going to unpack these verses a little bit. Jesus said, I am the door. I'm the proper way in. So many different doors. There are up and over doors. There are patio doors. There are sliding doors. There are Dutch or stable doors. 
There are saloon doors. I could have done competition to see how many you get, if you actually recognize them. French doors, Louvre doors, wicket doors, a legend brace door, ne door, never heard of one of those, a flush door, a molded door, and I think I've already said patio door. But you know, all those different doors, all those different types of doors, and if you're building trade, you'll know probably every single one of them. But they've all got one thing in common. They're either shut or they're open. That's the thing in common. They're either shut or they're open. Jesus said, I am the door. Whoever comes through me will be safe, will be saved. He is the way through into safety. You know, doors that are shut actually feel quite safe. I don't know about you, but when I go home at night and close the door, I feel quite safe that the door is shut and everything's locked up and I can relax and I can put my feet up. I can let go of the day's challenges and relax. This Christmas, I had something given to me that could help me relax even more. I had my first onesie. At this grand age, I have my first onesie. Started to open it and spotted it was a onesie, and I thought, oh, I wonder what I've got. Well, I now am the proud over owner of a Wonder Woman onesie. Yes, I have the one. I don't know if it's because my husband wants me to be Wonder Woman, or he thinks I'm Wonder Woman, but if I put that onesie one on, I can sit there, I can relax with a closed door and feel very safe. You know, a shut door is a safe door. Shepherds used to go around and take their sheep on a journey with them. They used to find pasture, find nourishment and food for them, find them safe places. But sometimes they didn't have a pen with them. They'd go on long journeys. They may find a cave that didn't have an actual door. So the shepherd became the literal door. He actually lay down in front of the cave in order to keep them safe, in order to keep them protected. You know, I thought we needed a bit of a demonstration right now because you haven't quite got it. The shepherd laid down his life for the sheep to protect them. So I thought we needed a volunteer. Who better to ask than Mr. Steve Campbell, who is indeed the shepherd of the sheep of C3. Let's give him a round of applause. So this is the cave. I'm gonna have to be a sheep, aren't I? I can't go over there because otherwise I'll be doing the wrong way in. I've gotta go through the door. So literally, Steve Campbell, will you take the challenge and lay your lay down your life <laughs> for the sheep? <laughs> you know, seriously, I'm going to honor this man as he lays at my feet. This man prays for you, has his heart for you. He gives his time, his energy, and passion for you. This man is a true shepherd of you sheep. He loves you dearly. And I don't know of anyone who's any more passionate and committed. And I see it from the inside and the outside. So... We honor you as you lay down. 
<laughs> the sheep. Keep going, he says. Keep going. I can't climb over because that's what the thieves and robbers did. So thank you for my demonstration. <laughs> so a closed, shut door is a safe door. Jesus said, if you come through me, you will be saved. You will be safe. But there's also an open door, a door that opens. He said that you will come in and out and you will find pasture. This is obviously far too safe for the kids because you've got locks and all sorts. There you go. Open and close it quite easily. <laughs> quite easily, as I can see, for the sheep to get in and out. Oh, dear. Anyway, it is an open door. Josh, <laughs> there we go. We've got it. An open door. Literally that... Jesus says that you'll go in and out and that you will find pasture. An open door speaks to me of freedom. You know, if you had a room and you didn't have a door in it, it would be a prison. It would be somewhere that you would be locked into. But Jesus is saying that this door, you can have an open door. Then Jesus said you can come in and out and you can find pasture. It speaks of freedom, opportunity, and adventure. It speaks of a place to come for safety, but also a place to be sent out from, sent into the world as his ambassadors. We are welcomed into his kingdom as the prodigal was welcomed, with open arms, but we're sent out from the household as the good Samaritan, ready to be his hands and feet in the world. We have an opportunity to be loved and to love others when we've entered by the door of Jesus. You know, for Steve and I, we've had the biggest adventure of our lives. Almost 22 years ago, we heard his voice call us, and we had to make the biggest decision of our married lives. We were challenged with whether we would move to a place that we knew nobody, a place where we didn't really know much about, and we didn't really know what was going to happen. We were to leave our fathers and mothers and brothers and sisters and leave everything that was familiar and move to a, a new land, as it were, a new place called Cambridge. You know, it was a difficult decision because we had to leave behind those that we loved and leave behind all that was familiar. But you know, when there's a call and when there's an open door of an opportunity, we never quite know what, where God's going to take us. We never quite know where the shepherd's going to lead but we want to hear his voice and, and make sure that we follow. You know, it was difficult. But the fact that our kids would become Southerners was probably the biggest challenge of us all. But you know, we've never regretted answering the voice that led us here. We could have chosen to ignore the call, but what would we have missed out on? We would have missed out on this. We would have missed out on you. We would have missed out on seeing people find partners and get married in this place and have children and see the children being brought up. We would have missed out on seeing people get saved in this place and lives transformed and changed and turned around for him. We would have missed out on all this that God's done here in this city. We would have missed out. We would have missed out because our lives are invested in your lives here in this place seeing young people raised up and worshipping their God with such passion and zeal, seeing leaders taking their place and stepping into what God's for them, 
God has taken on such an adventure. God has taken us on such a journey. You know, we didn't know what was going to happen. We didn't know. And when Jesus, when he called those disciples, Peter and James and John, all he said was, follow me. He didn't give any guarantees. He didn't give a blueprint. He didn't give everything was sewn up. He said, follow me. Because Jesus is the shepherd that can be trusted. And he will take us. He said, if you enter by the door, you can go in and out and you can find pasture. Because he knows that we need to be fed. He knows what we need. Jesus can be trusted. Just like when he went to Peter. Do you remember the story when Peter and the fishermen, they'd fished all night and they had nothing. They couldn't catch anything. And Jesus, they came to the shore and Jesus said, got any fish? They're like, he knew for a while he didn't have any fish. They're fishermen. They know what they're doing. I know how frustrating it is for kind of novice fishermen to actually go out and not catch anything. These guys, that was their occupation. They knew how to fish. They had nothing. And Jesus said, you got any fish? <laughs> like rub it in a little bit more. Like go back out and put your net on the right, right hand side of the boat. You can imagine Peter going, we tried that before and it didn't work. But okay, we'll go out, we'll go and try it again. And they did it, and they put the fish out. And they had so much fish, so many fish. And as if Jesus was saying, I know what you need, and I know where you need to get it. You need to find your source of life in me. Jesus is saying, I am the door. Come through me. You will be safe. You will be able to go in and out, and you will find pasture with me. He said... You know, the thief in contrast, the contrast of the thief and Jesus is stark. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus said, I haven't come to steal. I haven't come to kill. I haven't come to destroy. But what I have come is to give you life. Not just life, but life abundantly. And I want to challenge you this morning are there areas in your life that are not really growing right now? Are there areas that you feel there's been a robbery gone in some way? There's something of loss in your life? There's something that's shrinking in your life? Because what isn't thriving is shrinking. And Jesus says he gives us life and life abundantly. He is the author of life and the creator of life, the creator of the heavens and the earth. And he can bring life into hopeless situations. If he spoke and created the heavens and earth, he can speak and create life into your hopeless situation. The areas of life that you've given up hope in. Jesus said, he's come to bring us life and life abundantly. Don't settle for second best. Don't settle for that which the enemy will steal and destroy and rob from you. Settle only for what Jesus got for you. Because Jesus made the biggest comeback of all. He's defeated death. He's defeated the grave. And because he made the great ultimate comeback, he can restore whatever the world has thrown at you, whatever the world has taken from you. He can restore it. He can restore and bring us back from the deepest kind of sin, from the devastating of crumbling relationships and rejections of maybe jobs or failure or general disappointments in life. He can bring us back. And he can give us life that's not just survival, but it has that added extra, added advantage of Jesus' life and life to abundance. Do you hear his voice calling you today?
Jesus said, I am the door. You need to come through the proper way. You need to come through to me. You need to walk through that. Don't let the enemy come in other ways. Don't let the world snatch what it is that I have given to you. Do not be like the stray sheep that goes off and goes into vulnerable places on your own, but come back into the fold through me because that is your safest place. Now, Jesus speaks to me in many different ways. Jesus speaks to me through people, through what I hear, sometimes from what I'm advised. I hear God's word in that. But many times it's through God's word, God's, the Bible, scripture, that God speaks to me. Sometimes it's really direct and it's really instructional. Things like, forgive so that you will be forgiven. You're like, okay, got it. I need to forgive. I need to deal with it. I need to get through this. Really instructional, really pointed, really clear. Sometimes when I read it, I go, I know exactly what I need to do. Sometimes it's like nuances. I read the Bible, and that's why it's good to read the Bible all the time, because there's things that are going into your heart, perhaps you don't even realize it, but there's nuances at times that I get from Scripture. In Psalm 15, and I read it this week, you know, you might think, it's easy to stand up here. Many of you think, oh, I wouldn't like to do that because it's not my thing. That's fine because it's not your gifting. But those even who do stand up here, it is hard work. It is graft. It is pushing through. It's like, Lord, what have you got to say for your people this morning? What is it, the word that you need, the people need to hear this morning? What is it that you want to say, Lord? Lord, I don't want to get in the way. I want you to speak. And for any of us that speak up here, I know it's a pushing through in order to bring the word that God's put on our hearts for you. And this week I read this scripture and it said, Lord, who may dwell in your sacred tent? Who may live on your holy mountain? The one whose walk is blameless, who does what is right, and who speaks the truth from their heart. This week when I read that scripture, that phrase, who speaks the truth from their heart, but yeah, that's confirmation. Steve's always encouraged me and says, whenever you speak, speak from your heart. And I read that scripture and I thought, you know, whatever God's put on your heart this week, speak it because it's the truth, because it's the scripture. And it's not about the messenger. It's about the word that's being proclaimed and put forth here. But that nuance gave me that reassurance in my heart. God is in this. God is with us, and God is speaking through us. A nuance that for other people might have read it, and it meant nothing. Another way that God speaks to me is through song. And I often find through worship songs or other songs that God speaks to me. I think God can use anything to speak because he's master of it all. For some people, it's creation. Some people, it's other things. But for me, worship and songs really speak to me. And I've asked the musicians team whether they'll come right now and that they will sing a song over us this morning. This song was sent to me as a, a possibility that we might use for the Breathe Conference. And when I listened to it, I thought, that is a song that needs to be played this Sunday. And it's such the heart of what God wants to say this morning. 
You see, this song, I think, reflects many people's hearts, many people's journeys. Many people can sense this, that there's a longing in their hearts for something, a longing that they're searching. I'm going to leave Rachel to sing this song and then come with a challenge to you. Could, could we all stand? You know, there's only one place that you can truly come home. A place where your soul needs to take rest. A place where you can feel the safety and the comfort of Jesus' love. It's only when you walk through past the door, into the door, into the fold. And you know that door has a cross on it in many ways because without the cross, we can't enter through to Jesus. Jesus said, I am the door. You come through me and you will be safe. You will be saved for eternity. I won't kill you. I won't destroy you. I won't steal from you. But no, I will give you life, and I will give you life abundantly. You'll come in and out, and you'll travel with me. You'll come on adventures with me. I'll give you opportunities that you couldn't have believed would happen for you. And when you walk through that door, you become a new creation in Christ. You become a new creature. And there's no condemnation for you anymore because you're in Christ. And there's a new creation that has come because you are in Christ. And you're my co-worker because you're in Christ. And all the things, all the promises that God has for us are yes, because you are in Christ. You're in a safe place, greatly loved, greatly cherished, greatly chosen, and he knows your name. He won't get it wrong. He knows your name and he'll call you out. And I want to give an opportunity today as we close our eyes now. I'm going to say a prayer. And for those of you who want for the first time, or maybe it's a revisiting, maybe it's a reconnection with Jesus, I want you to close your eyes and I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I receive you now. I receive you as the door that I need to walk through. Forgive me my sins. Thank you for the cross and that you died for me and took my sin upon yourself. Receive me now. Bring me home. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. If any of you here have prayed that prayer for the first time, could you raise your hands now? Just raise your hands. Raise your hands. Are you saying that you want to be a Christian? That you want to be a follower of Jesus? That you want to be part of his fold? 
part of his sheep, part of his sheep that will follow the voice of Jesus, that will be safe and saved forevermore. Thank you for your hands. Thank you for your hands. Thank you, Jesus. I see those hands, Lord. Lord, I pray for everyone that's raised their hand and for others who are not brave enough to do it. Lord, that you will seal with them, Lord, the Holy Spirit, Lord, that you will chasten them, Lord, that you will seal them firmly into your kingdom, Father. They will know your heart towards them. And Lord, that they will be blessed beyond measure. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Let's give God a round of applause and conclude with our final song.